You're listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is Stephanie. And in this episode, we are discussing some Supergirl, the TV series, some Supergirl fan fiction. We have mentioned it on the podcast before. And uh, Chris and I guess, especially me at this point, are big fans. It's called My Youth is Yours by Lynn Arlington. You can find it and read it over on Archive of Our Own. We will put a link to it over in the show notes. Uh, but this is a very, a very long, detailed retelling of season two with the basis of the idea that Kara and Lena dated in high school and sort of college. Thank you. That Kara and Lena dated in college and that they are are reconnecting in season two when they see each other again. But they'd broken up. So there's all sorts of angst (laughs) and longing. In this episode, we are planning to first give some non-spoilery thoughts about the fanfic as a whole, which is still ongoing, we should say. It is incomplete at the time of this recording. It is only up through chapter 14 of the the fanfic, which I think is up to about episode 12 of season two. Uh, it is up to like the first five minutes of episode 13. There you go. So it's still incomplete at this at the point of this discussion. Uh, but first, we're going to give some non-spoilery type thoughts about the fanfic. And then later on in the episode, we will talk more in detail about story and plot details and things like that. So we will give a clear, if you haven't read it, stop here type of marker later on in the episode. So I know the answer to this already. But how do you feel about this fanfic, Stephanie? Oh, you know, I just, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's definitely angsty, which isn't always my thing, but I, I like the type of angst that is going on here. As you were talking, we were talking the other day and you pointed out, which I think is very astute of you, you do a very good job at, at categorizing my taste in things, Chris. I appreciate that about you. <laughs> uh, thank you. What an odd compliment. <laughs> I am there for, like, longing type of angst. Like, somebody is just, oh, I wish I could be with you. I, I'm I'm into that. But when it comes to we have this stupid conflict that we can't seem to get over, I have little patience for that type of angst. But this is the type of angst that I enjoy. I really like how the different choices that the, the author has made in how she is telling season two, beyond the fact that Kara and Lena – dated previously and are clearly headed to get back together. Beyond that, I, I enjoy some of the changes that she's made to writing choices in the second season of Supergirl. Yeah, there there are interesting changes because a lot of them do stem logically from this idea that Kara and Lena already knew each other and had a very close relationship. So Lena's in the story much more than she is in canonical season two so how about you chris how do you feel about my youth is yours uh i i feel like you sort of undersold my feelings about this stick at the beginning because <laughs> i was that annoying friend who was going around to all the other fanfic readers that i know and be like have you read this yet <laughs> if you haven't read this yet why haven't you read this read this so i can yell about my feelings at you <laughs> And then once I finally got Stephanie reading it, I'm like, are you up to the part yet? <laughs> I'm like, I need, to, I need to message you in all caps. Have you read it yet? <laughs> so I was that really irritating uh, jerk. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, I, I don't really classify it as 
angst because it is longing and because it is fanfic. So there's like a certain comfort in knowing that the people are going to end up together. Right. I don't think that's spoiling anything because it's fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was I was reading an interesting post on Tumblr a while ago presenting this idea that fanfic is its own genre just because like by its nature it is sort of a character piece Mm -hmm. and there there is a certain confidence in knowing how it's gonna end up usually Mm -hmm. not always but often because that's sort of the idea like it's it's not about whether or not they're gonna end up together it's more about the character arcs that are going to lead to them getting back together and whatever Anyway, I like it. I'm enjoying it immensely. And as you mentioned, there are there are interesting deviations from uh, canonical season two that I don't know. They're they're well chosen and interesting to me. And I feel like we should mention the structure of this fanfic is that I feel like the majority of it takes place during the season two AU. But we get flashbacks to when Kara and Lena were dating and, and also when they were like friends prior to dating in college. Right. And if if you are a listener who has listened to pretty much any of our podcasts, you'll know that <laughs> I am I, I tend to be not a big fan of flashbacks. But I actually When she says feel, not a big fan, she means almost universally hated. <laughs> it's true. But I, I, I actually really feel like Lynn uses the fan the the, the fanfics, the, the flashbacks <laughs> in this fanfic really, really well. She does use the fanfic well also. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's sort of a, a good combination of giving us context for current events and also i don't know exploring character beats you know what i mean yes and i usually feel like the flashbacks are are giving us new information rather than rehashing things that have been alluded to or that we can already see in the present i i feel like they're they're giving us stuff that informs what's happening now rather than just always reinforcing what we've already seen. And it's a good way of sort of showing us how the past is impacting the present. Or, you know, we'll we'll see an item from a flashback that will have future relevance in the present. And I also feel like, especially at the beginning, when they're so angsty and... We don't know how to negotiate the fact that we just saw each other again and what does that mean? I feel like the flashbacks provide a nice relief for that fraughtness of the present. We get to it's see true. them sort of in their happier times when they were dating. And it's kind of a nice like, okay, I can I can make it through this fraught present stuff because I know because it's fan fiction, like you said, it, it's going to get better, but it, it helps it not be as heavy at the beginning of the story, I think. I think during the first several chapters, you and I were messaging each other a lot. Just be together. Just Let yourselves kiss. be oh happy. <laughs> Clearly, you're meant to be together. I know things are difficult, but let things be difficult when you're with each other. <laughs> you gotta go through that. I'm seeing this ex that I had intense emotions about, and I haven't seen them in a while. Feelings at the front of the story. I get that, but I like that the flashbacks are there to kind of break that. And up. then they have the flashback of like, and here are those intense feelings. <laughs> those two idiots. I just I love them so much. 
There's a lot of that, too. I think you and I share a lot of messages back and forth. They're like, who's idiots? <laughs> Just kiss already. That That is one note that I will say about the fanfic, which I believe is something that Lynn's uh, beta reader has given her. More kissing, please. I would like for there to be more kissing. <laughs> It's a good thing you're not a beta reader because that would just be all of your notes all the I time, know. I feel like. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy the the lead up to the kissing as well. It it does make me enjoy the actual <gasps> they kissed more when there's lead up to it. Uh, but their faces are in each other's faces. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but for those who haven't read it yet, yes, they do kiss. It takes a while. I think it's chapter three where they finally kiss. I can't remember. It's something like that. But there is kissing, I promise. And again, it's like this every is, few chapters for a while. <laughs> yes. And this is what the flashbacks are useful for, because it takes you back to a time when they kissed more. And so there can be kissing in the flashbacks, even if there's not kissing in the present. <laughs> so take heart, those like me who want more kissing. There is kissing. It just kind of, it takes a while to become a frequent thing. But I do feel like there there are a lot of moments that I just feel like are sort of deeply romantic. Yes. Kara's just a big sap in this <laughs> in this story, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember having a conversation with you at some point about part of what I think I like about this fanfic and, and other Bezzy Mates fanfic is that I feel like very often Kara gets to be sort of like this really, I don't know, like a romantic lead kind of figure, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm doing all sorts of stuff that's just really dreamy. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's ve- she's pretty dreamy in this fanfic. It's true. I guess we should also say that this is told from Lena's point of view. So mm-hmm. she is the the perspective that we're getting through all of the story. Lynn recently published a, she called it a ficlet of 17,000 words. Lynn, you do not know what a ficlet is. <laughs> <laughs> she later commented when somebody called her out on it that... Um, <laughs> You know, it, like compared to the entirety of my youth is yours, she was like, "Well, in that in that regard, it's a ficklet." <laughs> it's true because if this recording, which again is through uh, the end of chapter fourteen, there are two hundred and forty four thousand, almost two hundred and forty five thousand words in this fan fiction. It is a long fanfic. <laughs> Mind you, this is just past halfway through yes. season two, so it, she does have a point compared to my youth is yours in its entirety thus far. Seventeen thousand words is like a drop in the bucket, right? Uh, but still a long to call it a ficklet as she recently <laughs> published a quote-unquote fitlet ficklet from Kara's point of view during basically the events of luther's on the show and we will talk a little bit about that i finished it it sounds like chris hasn't finished it so i'll try not to be too spoilery for her i haven't uh, it's seventeen thousand words stephanie <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying i know i understand so we will talk a little bit about that later on too but I, I guess generally, to, before we get into spoilery stuff, if you really enjoyed Lena and Kara in season two, but were maybe not too happy about some of the storytelling beats in season two, I feel like this is definitely worth checking out for you. It is very detailed, very intense, very Lena and Kara focused. And I just, I can't really say a good enough good things about this fanfic. I just feel like Lynn's doing amazing work and i really appreciate all the time that she has spent i i seriously am enjoying it so much and i also highly recommend that you find a friend to read it with you (laughs) Mm -hmm. or you know around the same time as you are so that you can yell at each other about it because uh (laughs) 
you will have There's feelings so many things to yell about <laughs> in a good way in a good way in a good way for sure it's like i feel like i'm angry yelling but it's just because i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you know what is happening on our other podcast, we recently released an episode of our Lost Girl podcast, Drinks of the Doll. It's our first episode in quite some time. Sorry, y'all. We feel shame. We discussed in that episode a season two episode of Lost Girl called Death Did Not Become Him. As you can imagine, if you've seen that episode of Lost Girl, we talk a lot about Bo and Lauren and the angst and the longing going on between those two idiots in that episode. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of talk about blotting. Yeah, it's, it's good times. It's good times. But go check it out over on our website, drinksofthedoll.com. You can listen to that episode and find out how to subscribe over there. And over on our Killjoys podcast called The Quad, you can find our roundtable discussion about season three. We talked to Mark from Solo Talk Media and our buddy Kevin Batchelder from probably some podcasts that you listen to. <laughs> Primarily tuning into sci-fi TV, or if you're a Winona Earp fan, you probably listen to Tales of the Black Badge. You can find that over at our website, askgenretv.com. Now we are entering the more spoilery part of our discussion of My Youth is Yours. So if you have not read it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, warning, we are going to be talking about both that up through chapter 14, like we said, as well as a little bit about you cut through all the noise. So come back in 245,000 words. Let's dive into their breakup. And I feel like the circumstances of that, it really informs a lot of the conflicts that they have in the present day. That is fair. Elaborate, please. <laughs> well, because one of their big conflicts that that seems to happen a lot in the present day is that Kara keeps trying to, Lena feels at least, make decisions for her. And eventually Kara blurts out the fact that she feels like Lena did that for them when she broke up with them. And Lena's argument is that, no, 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 I made a decision for myself when I broke up with you. It just happened to affect you. It's like a conflict that seems to really keep them apart for a while in the present. And I don't know that they've totally talked through it all the way. I don't know. What's your what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I don't know that they've talked through it all the way, but I think they've made some good progress on it in the last few chapters, especially just because I think part of Kara's argument, which is completely fair, is that Lena did make the decision, okay, and it is about Lena, but also it has a significant impact on Kara, and she didn't talk to Kara about it at all beforehand. Right. Lena kept it all to herself. And then sort of sprung it on Kara, I think kind of blindsided her. So in various flashbacks, too, we have that whole that whole incident sort of hanging as a specter over their interactions. Because Lena knows that she's going to break up with Kara, but Kara doesn't know. I think that's part of the issue is like, you know, okay, but talk to me first is sort of, I think, the point that they're getting to now. The fact that she blindsides Kara. Not cool, Lena. I guess part of this discussion of their breakup leads into talking a bit about the why can't they just be together setup 
of any good romance story. And obviously I feel like storytellers can rely on us as readers to accept that there's some kind of obstacle that's keeping them apart in the beginning, but we know they're going to overcome it and get together. In regards to this particular story, reasons why Lena and Kara can't be together, I do wonder when it comes to that breakup, if Lena might be feeling a bit guilty. I can't remember if she ever thinks this explicitly or mentions this explicitly, but the fact that she did keep that from Kara and didn't let her in on what was happening, I think from the flashback seems to suggest she wanted to kind of hold on to that perfect little bubble that she and Kara had as long as possible and just didn't want to interrupt that with breakup talk. But like you said, not cool that she sprung it on Kara last minute. And and now that she is re-engaging with Kara and talking to Alex, she is having to think about how much Kara was hurting after the breakup. And so maybe part of the reason she's avoiding a relationship with Kara again, she feels kind of guilty about that, maybe doesn't want to confront that. She's being a little bit of a coward about it. But we do get the sense of Lena really being lonely and maybe not pushing people away, but definitely keeping people at a distance after she and Kara broke up. Maybe just thinking no relationship could quite ever match that intense relationship that she had with Kara. But even though she's now being confronted with Kara again, something is still holding her back. Maybe she's still afraid of that hurts. You know, maybe in the back of her head, she's considering, well, what if we get back together and it doesn't work out and I have to go through that horrible mess all over again? She's just been through this thing with her brother, which has caused a lot of difficult interpersonal stuff for her too, I'm sure. Do you have thoughts, Chris, about what is keeping Kara and Lena apart at the beginning of the story? Well, I feel like part of it too is like Lena had so thoroughly convinced herself that that was the right thing to do then that I think she still is sort of having to adjust her thoughts to like, okay, I guess we could theoretically be together now. So it takes it takes her a while to get there. I get that it's part of their conflict and what keeps them apart for a while. But it does feel very true to who Kara is as a person is, you know, we see in season two a couple of times where Lena puts herself in, in danger where, you know, Lena sets up that whole party to trap the thieves who'd been using the alien guns in order to disarm them. And then Lynn has Lena be a lot more involved in taking down Roulette in her ring of illegal alien fighting. And it feels very real to me, this idea that, that Lena would, she wants to do the right thing. She wants to help people. And she's not going to have Kara tell her she can't do that thing just because, oh, it might be a little bit dangerous. But I understand Kara's reaction to her doing those things, too, because that's something that she's, especially in season two, presented to James, this idea that, oh, I can do these dangerous things. I'm this semi-invulnerable Kryptonian, but you're just a, a human and you're putting yourself in real danger. And I don't like that because I love you. Mm -hmm. There's a great exchange when they get back from, oh, what's the name of the planet? Maldoria? Is that right? Where, where there's a red sun is is the point. And uh, it's kind of like, well, how is this any different than you jumping through that portal to go help those kids? And it's like, well, I'm invulnerable. <laughs> well, you weren't there, you dummy. Yeah. <laughs> and Kara's like, well, I didn't know that at the time. And then as soon as she says it, it's like, oh, oh, I walked right into that trap. <laughs> 
Well, and that's something else that Lynn has done is, is like, for example, at the end of Luther's where in the show, you know, Kara flies Lena away from the the synthetic kryptonite explosion, everything's hunky-dory. The way that it's crafted in My Youth is Yours is that Kara was actually affected by that synthetic kryptonite explosion and she loses some of her powers for a while, which actually kind of makes more sense to me than the way that they wrote it on the show. But, you know, this idea that Kara is just going to be invulnerable to everything, that's foolish. We've seen several times where she's come face to face with somebody who could affect her, even if it wasn't uh, life threatening. It, it definitely did not make it seem like Kara was just invulnerable to all obstacles. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to the show, I think that they were sort of maybe hand waving it away a little bit with the fact that maybe they were far enough away from the explosion that it wouldn't necessarily affect her. Sure. But yeah, I, I think that's an interesting and justifiable course to go that, that Lynn took. It actually made me kind of happy, besides the fact that they got to quote unquote recover together. <laughs> <laughs> Lena was made very vulnerable through the events of, of Luther. So I, I kind of liked that Lynn took the route where Kara also became both physically and emotional vulner- emotionally vulnerable because of what had happened to Lena in that situation. Which was true in this in the actual canonical show, but but ramped up <laughs> more yes. in My Youth Is Yours, yeah, for recovery purposes. That's it. <laughs> Can you hear me winking? <laughs> <laughs> but but getting back to sort of the question of have they dealt with the fallout of the breakup? I, I agree with you. It feels like they've made some progress in that regard, where. Lena was sort of making the argument that, you know, I wasn't trying to make a decision for you, Kara. I made a decision for myself that affected you. But I feel like in that moment, Lena didn't realize that that's how Kara viewed their breakup. So I think it's good that now Lena has that knowledge. But I still wonder if there's more that Kara needs to talk out about that. Because obviously when, you know, Lena pops back in, Kara just seems so ready to jump back into, if not a relationship, at least a friendship with Lena. But Lena's a lot more wary. It does feel like there's stuff that Kara needs to say but hasn't quite said yet. I mean, she did finally tell her that they're married. So (laughs) I think that's also a factor, like a big, a big factor in all of this. Mm -hmm. Well, and that helps explain why partly at least, why Kara was so ready to just jump two feet in back into whatever relationship she could have with Lena, right? It's like, this is the person she's chosen to be her mate. And so she was going to make that work because this is her mate and that's what you do. I was glad she finally got around to that, though, because that was something she hinted at for uh, Lynn, I mean, uh, hinted at for quite a few chapters was there is something going on with the watch and the bracelet thing that Lena doesn't quite know, but Kara definitely knows. And we feel like Alex knows. I'm glad that we finally got back to that. (laughs) Yeah. Like you get to a point you're kind of like, and the audience definitely knows by this point. (laughs) The only one who doesn't know is Lena. (laughs) Yeah. But thankfully, I think it was in the last chapter, Lena like made the conscious decision of Kara putting the the watch back on her, knowing what that meant and saying, yes, this is something I'm choosing to do. Like, okay, you know, everybody's on board now. Right. (laughs) Because, you know, when when Lena gives Kara the unbreakable bracelet back in college, it's not like that had the same significance to her as it seemed to have for Kara. So I'm glad that at least Lena seems to have full context now. By the way, you accidentally married me. (laughs) 
sorry I didn't tell you. <laughs> it's a little awkward. <laughs> So I gotta say, the first thing that I really appreciated about My Youth Is Yours is I liked that we got follow-up from that alien DNA device that Lena yes. shows to Kara. Yes, because in the show, it's basically used as a point of conflict, and then it gets fried, and then nobody ever talked about it again. Exactly. So I like that in My Youth Is Yours, we actually get follow-up on that. And I don't know about you, like, I feel like the way that she used that one, she kind of, like, kept true to the interaction between Lena and Kara about that device in the show. But then Lena's, like, reasons behind it, as well as Kara's reaction to it, became more fleshed out given the history that they have in this story. Right. There's no way it can play out as written in the show, just because the premise behind this is that Lena already knows that Kara is Supergirl. And, like, it just can't play out the same way. So, you know, at least not without them both seeming like tremendous jerks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I feel like Lena was trying to use that moment to really prove to Kara that she was different. Kara could make assumptions about her and what she thought the way that Kara seemed to have been doing prior to this. But ultimately, it feels like the way that that resolves, Lena was really just kidding herself. Yeah, I mean, Lena kind of is kidding herself for, <laughs> <laughs> for most of the first part of the story, right? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I know she has her reasons, but at the same time, you're just kind of like, oh, Lena. It's cute that you think this. <laughs> <laughs> Another aspect of My Youth of Yours that I really enjoyed was how Lynn treated the Heroes vs. Aliens crossover where they just have Kara go over to the, the Arrowverse shows. She took Lena with her, mm -hmm. and I liked how she used that opportunity for Lena. Can, can I take an opportunity to uh, take this opportunity to complain once more about that title? Heroes versus I know. aliens. You know who else is an alien? Kara Danvers. <sighs> Come on, you guys. Terrible title. She she is a hero and an alien. They're not mutually <laughs> exclusive. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> but I, I liked what we got to explore bringing Lena over into those crossover episodes because we had Lena potentially making more friends than just Kara. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Over in the, the Arrow universe, as, as not unanticipated, she found some camaraderie with the geeks. And I also, you know, it led to more smoochies, so I can't really <laughs> complain about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good scene. <laughs> that was a good scene. <laughs> I actually like that whole... That whole section of, of the story, which took quite a bit more space in the series than I thought it was going to because it just it became a whole excellent excuse for a fanficy diversion right because <laughs> they are not in their regular lives so they don't have to deal with any of their regular regular life stuff they can they can deal with their interpersonal issues <laughs> and I liked how it it gave Lena some space to enjoy a world where her name did not precede her, mm -hmm. where people didn't make assumptions about who she was as a person because her last name was Luther. It definitely allowed 
you know, it sped up the process potentially of Kara and Lena getting back together because Lena could be like, okay, you know, we don't have all this baggage and I still really want to be with this girl. She's awesome. And I, she's so pretty and I like her so much, you know, (laughs) that is, that is exactly what happened. (laughs) Yeah. You're pretty. I like you. (laughs) Well, the thing was, I, I loved how, you know, Lynn set up the whole, oh, Kara accidentally breaks the bed. And of course they have to share a bed. And it's like, you know, you know, something's going to happen between the two of them. But when something finally does start to happen, because Lena's thinking, oh, we don't have all of this stuff that I find to be so heavy and baggagey over in Earth, whatever. Earth 38. In. Thank you. Earth 38. That's not there in, in here on Earth 1. Maybe we could just have a little sexy time. And then Carl's like, no, this is important to me. I don't want to do this unless you're fully on board. I was like, I feel so frustrated on Lena's behalf, but I love you so much, Carl. Right. <laughs> I think that was the moment where I'm like, ah, oh, so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> I swooned a little. Oh, Cara Danvers. Because <laughs> the the dirty, smoochy, loving person in me is like, yes, please, come on. Yes, this is the perfect opportunity. But then I'm like, oh, Cara's right. But oh, that scene had I both of so was amazing. <laughs> I know. Swoon. <laughs> she is very swoony in this fanfic. Though it does feel like Lynn has gone for more of a, I don't know, this the Kara in My Youth is Yours feels more similar to the Kara that's currently in the Supergirl comics to me, where she's newer to Earth and she doesn't quite grasp all of the Earth customs still. And it's not that she's incompatible with what we see on the show, but to me, compared to the Kara that we get on Supergirl... The Kara of My Youth is Yours is a bit more, I don't quite understand all of the trappings of this Earth business and what that means for how we relate to people. Yeah, there's kind of a lot of it in the flashbacks. And Mm -hmm. every time it shows up, I'm kind of like, I feel like she'd probably know that by now. Because she's supposed to have gotten to Earth wet at 13. She's supposed to be 18. So she's been there at least by five years or so. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure she'd know what dating was by then. But Right. It is cute, though, the idea that she had to Google what dating meant. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm deeply abused by it. But yes, I agree with you that it's kind of like, hmm, this seems a little incongruous with what we have seen. But Which is fine. I don't mean yeah. that as a, as a complaint because, you know, this is a character who has had how many iterations to her? Like, the, Lynn can honestly do anything that she wants to her as long as it feels true to, like, the core of Cara Danvers. I'm on board with it. But just sort of thinking about how she has characterized Kara in My Youth is Yours, she seems a bit more naive to how humans behave, Earth I guess. customs. <laughs> yes, Earth customs mm-hmm. than she has in Supergirl the series. Now, back in the Supergirl movie from, I think it was 1984, starring Helen Slater, I believe she was either in high school? I think she was maybe in supposed to be in high school when she arrives on Earth. So it would be closer to when she's in college, timeline-wise. But yeah, that's not what we've seen in in the show. I also really like how Lynn has brought over Lana Lang to be a buddy to Lena. 
And it makes sense, right? Because we have the story taking place from Lena's perspective. Lena needs somebody to talk to about Kara, who is not Kara. <laughs> but we have the hindrance on the show, at least, that Lena has said so many times, Chris, so many times <laughs> that Kara is her only friend. Which <laughs> is both endearing and sad. <laughs> But I like the way that Lynn has used Lana Lang as a, a sounding board for Lena. And it also seems like she is, we haven't gotten the full story yet, but it seems like she is interweaving Lana into sort of Lex and his past of how he kind of went sour on Superman. And one wonders if that's going to come back in any sort of significant way, or if it's just one of those things that Lena's going to go, oh... That makes sense now. I am curious to see what kind type of role Lana might play in future chapters. <laughs> At least some of our friends who have read this were, like, once I finally yelled at them enough that they started reading it, they were like, is it just me or does it seem like something's maybe building between Lana and Lena? And they're like, I'm, I'm getting nervous about it. I'm just kind of like, I, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys know how fanfic works. Like, this is a Kara and Lena story. That's Lana is just her friend, is, is the impression that I've gotten. Yeah. Well, because I, I can't remember if they had gotten to this point or not, but like, I'm pretty sure that's not where this is going. Because... <laughs> I thought it was going where they ended up going with it that, you know, she has history with Lex and Clark, which is more canonical. I'm actually not sure if right. she has history with Lex. I, I guess in Smallville it was a thing, but I'm not sure comic-wise. But again, there are so many versions of canon. Who knows? Speaking of people having a history, this seems to be a thing amongst uh, folks who like Lena Luthor a lot in in Supergirl fandom. Uh, Lynn has leaned on the idea that Veronica and Lena have potentially a flirty past. We know from the show that they know each other from the past, but there's this idea that perhaps uh, Veronica and Lena could have been a thing previously. And I have to say, I find it very endearing in My Youth is Yours when Kara gets a little jealous of people who are interested in Lena. <laughs> I actually kind of like Lynn's take on it just because the the way it's presented, like there wasn't a history there other than the fact that Veronica just wouldn't leave Lena alone. Basically, it was constantly hitting on her and Lena's just kind of like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Because it's clear that, that Kara doesn't like her mostly because Veronica slash Roulette, terrible person, right? But I feel like she also doesn't like the fact that Roulette just keeps hitting on Lena shamelessly. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. And apparently in ways that are very rude to Kara. I do enjoy the Roulette and Kara and Lena interactions. I do remember when she was in Madaloria that Kara makes reference to like, oh, your friend was there. <laughs> And Lena's like, what? I don't have any friends. Just you and Lana. Why would why would you and Lana be there? <laughs> she has more friends in My Youth is Yours, though, which makes me happy. Yes, but it's it's basically just Kara's friends and also Lana Lang. Yes. But I like the friendship that she and Wynn are forging. Mm -hmm. It totally makes sense. Why won't they do that on the show? Yes. And and it feels like Lena and Alex aren't quite friends in My Youth is Yours, but it feels like they can talk to each other about things. You know, mutual love of Kara and the fact that they're sisters-in-law. Technically sisters-in-law, even though Lena didn't realize it for a time. Yes. But I like that they're joking about it now. It makes me happy. Yeah. Again, I feel like were Lena and Alex to have more interaction on the show itself, I feel like they'd have quite a bit in common, actually. I feel like they could be friends. 
Maybe. Hmm. Here's hoping we find out soon. Talking for a moment about the things that Lynn changes in the story. The part where the story has left off as we are recording this is it has just started Mr. and Mrs. Mixes Pitalik, which uh, I, if you have listened to our other episodes about Supergirl, you know I hate that episode with a burning passion. I hate it so much. So I'm kind of curious to see where she's going to go with it because the the episode was just a bunch of nonsense that made me really angry, except for like one good scene in which Kara drinks a glass of orange juice. <laughs> but yeah, it, she's just started on that. So I'm really curious where it's gonna go because it's already set up in a massively different way than the episode was. Because the whole thing, either way, is is creepy and gross. <laughs> of course, yes. Of course, creepy and, and gross. It has weird stalkery implications, although I find this slightly less egregious than the marry me premise that they set up in the show. So, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see where she's going to go with it. Yeah, it feels like it... <sighs> It definitely has the potential to get Kara and Lena to face the future implications of their relationship, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see how, how Lynn handles that material. But I, I, too, am curious to see how she will use Mixus Pitlick in regards to Kara and Lena. Because he definitely does not seem to be there as a roadblock, the way that he was used as not even a roadblock, but just a, a something to make... Monel be terrible to Kara over, it sounds like, within the context of the show. I still just don't understand that episode, because the thing about it is that it plays as if it's supposed to be sort of, like, goofy and charming and hilarious or whatever, but I'm just, like, disgusted by the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like, I, I just, I, I sat there, I think, grimacing through the entire episode as it was, as it was airing. Speaking of things with which we are completely disgusted, how do you feel about how Lynn has used Monel in this story? <laughs> um, mostly pretty good. I feel like she's tried to rehabilitate him a bit as a character. Yeah, I I tend to have mixed feelings about that. <laughs> but I guess the fact that this is retelling the entire thing rather than just trying to like take what they had done and fix it from there. It's like, okay, let's let's have it where just this stuff just doesn't happen. He's maybe still interested, but Kara is definitely not. And we stay with yeah. that. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, Monel expressed interest. Kara completely not interested. And because she's already married. Right, exactly. And and they have I don't know if you've gotten to this point in the the Kara POV story yet. Uh, but in that story, Monel basically acknowledges to Kara, like, I understand that Lena's the person who the bracelet is representing, and I think y'all are a good match. So it has him be slightly more aware and supportive of what's going on between Kara and Lena, and it seems like she's going to have him kind of back off from trying to be a romantic interest for Kara. Right, I did get to that part, and the fact that he was kind of like, I believe you when you say that Lena didn't do it because see, I think this is where the show kind of tried to do this sort of thing, but didn't really do it right. <laughs> where <laughs> they were like, okay, we're going to have Monel trust Kara. And that's going to be sort of a turning point for him is like, he recognizes that Kara is a good person 
a good moral person. I feel like they kind of botched it a little bit on the show, <laughs> but I feel like this right. is maybe, you know, Lynn's version of, of doing that same idea of, I know you and know that you're a good moral person. And if you say that you believe Lena, then I believe that because you believe it. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to work out better. Yeah. And make me dislike Monel more. Uh, excuse me, dislike Monel less is what I meant to say. <laughs> you and meant the, the opposite <laughs> of what you said. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I do feel like she has had him be kind of annoying to both Kara and Lena, but more endearing at times than the show managed to make him. I feel like he's heading toward kind of annoying but mostly endearing territory yeah it feels more like season 2a monel yeah because i think it, it 2b is where it went very wrong for me personally because you know having him be a little bit of a nuisance but but not a terrible person <laughs> is fine i'm okay with that i also enjoy that she has had magan stick around and be a bit more involved in things mm-hmm Again, uh, another criticism that many people have with the show. Because, like, you introduce her, why not use her more? Right? Yeah, why have her go away or be absent for so long? You know, use her more in the show. She was a good character. She is a good character. While My Youth is Yours it does have a lot of, of longing, I, there are s- several elements of it that, that do make me smile. I do enjoy all of the text messages that Kara sends to Lena. <laughs> They're so cute and so in character. Lots of animal facts, which I like. Animal facts and uh, apparently lots of emojis that Lena's like trying to figure out, okay, what does this mean? And uh, nerdy pictures. It just, it makes me happy. Mostly of Kara with food. Kara with food, <laughs> animals that she sees, uh-huh. <laughs> stuff like that. I, I particularly love the drunk texting episode. Kara drunk texting Lena things like, you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of misspelled things about Alex taking her home. <laughs> Don't worry, Alex is flying me home or something. And and I know we mentioned this in this this podcast previously when we were recommending this fanfic, but I, I it still makes me smile so much the idea that Kara didn't realize that Alex liked women because she thought Alex was just so into pie the way that Kara is. <laughs> and again, I'm just like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Why wouldn't she be excited to see her, Lena? It was it was mocha cream pie. Who doesn't love a mocha cream pie? <laughs> and Linda's just kind of like, oh. Poor, adorable, wrong Kara. <laughs> it's not surprising, but I also enjoy how Alex has played a part in this whole <laughs> in this whole thing. I generally like how, how Alex is just like, I, I see through all of your nonsense, the two of you. <laughs> I will say this. I don't know that for me, for me, Alex in My Youth is Yours doesn't really feel quite the same as canonical TV show Alex. I enjoy her all the same, but I'm like, I don't I don't know if that seems like a thing Alex would, would say or do. I, I do like when, especially when she comes over after, it's like after, I think in the show at least, when, when Maggie finally kissed her back and, and Alex comes over to Kara's apartment and Lena had spent the night there because something tragic had happened. I think it was like post-Medusa or something like that. 
And Alex was just like, oh, no, we are not making this about you two. I have something that happened to me. and I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> I did like that. That was very cute. I find Alex very enjoyable in my youth mm-hmm. I also love Alex when she kind of shuts down all of the guys at the Thanksgiving gathering. Like, Kara has chosen a, a, a person. It is none of you. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene was great, actually, because <laughs> Wynn's whole... Um, did you know about this? I didn't know about this. I, it's neither one of us, right? I think she was very clear about that. <laughs> yeah, I actually quite enjoyed the whole holiday sequence. It, but it had Lena forging some connections between herself and other characters in the show, like like Eliza and James and Wynne. Right. And I, I appreciated that. Right. Doing more to integrate her into the friend group, friend and family group. In preparing for this episode, I was making some notes of things that Lynn has referenced, but I don't think has followed up on so far in the story that I wanted to mention. I'm sure I missed some, but these were the the three that popped out at me. We have at some point where Lena goes and she's rummaging through her Kara box of all the stuff that she put away once she and Kara broke up looking for the watch that Kara had given her. And, and Lena talks to her in her head. She mentions a folded red T-shirt that Lena absolutely cannot look at. Like, what is on the T-shirt, Chris? What's on the T-shirt? <laughs> I have no idea. And it's one of those things, like, it could be more or less nothing. Like, it could be a uh, an astronomy club T-shirt or <laughs> something like that. Or from the baseball game that we know that they went to. Or it could be so many things. Or it could be some deeply significant thing that we just don't know about yet. Because there's also, fairly early in the story, Lena makes this this comment where, you know, Kara looks exactly like Lena remembered her, and it's completely unnerving. The only time Kara had looked remotely different was... Dot, dot, dot. When did Kara look remotely different, Chris? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Again, there are so many things that this could potentially be. Is this an allusion to... A red kryptonite ep- episode. It seems unlikely, but I know that's a favorite amongst fanfic writers. Hmm. I just, yeah. I wouldn't I don't, think I don't so. Know. I wouldn't either. But when would Kara look remotely different? I just don't. I just don't know. At a, at a Halloween party when she was <laughs> covered in <laughs> makeup to look like to look like a sexy ghost, like Willow Rosenberg. <laughs> oh no! Wait! No! No! Hang on. <laughs> She went as an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. Yes. So I know you're not all the way through the Kara point of view one, uh, but what have you thought so far? Have you have you enjoyed getting more of Kara's perspective on things? I have, but at the same time, it's about what I thought. She's just, just furious. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She is just furious about the current stuff. But we do, I feel like, get some more information about Kara's perspective on the breakup and some of the things that happened to them previously that we'd only ever had Lena's perspective on. And it's not that it necessarily was surprising what Kara's perspective was, but I did enjoy having a fuller sense of what Kara thought of those events. That's fair. But I won't I won't be more spoilery since you haven't read it all. Thank you. To conclude, I guess I will just say again, I am really enjoying this fanfic. I really appreciate all of the, the time and work that Lynn has put into writing it. Yes. Thank you for writing, Lynn. Thank you for betaing Cassie. 
But if you have thoughts about My Youth is Yours that you'd like to share, you can send those to us in a variety of ways. You can send us an email to feedback at askgenretv.com. You can call and leave us a voice message at 972-514-7223. You can also record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. We are on Twitter at AskGenreTV. Finalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. You can find our other podcasts for shows like Lost Girl and Orphan Black and Killjoys over at our website, AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for listening.